Welcome to our weekly and Episcopal Sermon podcast. We are so glad you found us. This is a live recording of the gospel reading and sermon from last Sunday's service at the Episcopal Church in Almaden. The life of this podcast depends on your listening support. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to support us, simply subscribe to this podcast on your channel of choice. Come. Join us along our shared path for today's episode. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, To what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and saying to one another, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Ten years ago, I walked the 500 miles of the Camino de Santiago, a pilgrimage from the French border with Spain all the way to the west of Spain. And it was a life-changing experience, very beautiful through all kinds of country, both mountains and plains, and I met many different kinds and nationalities of people. But we were united as pilgrims, so we had a lot in common sore feet, blisters, a growing knowledge of how to dry wet boots or clothes that didn't quite dry the night before, and a willingness to help one another. It was also the case that everybody had brought more stuff than they needed. This was so universal that you could get a special green cardboard box at any Spanish post office for free that was expressly for pilgrims to ship extra stuff home because you're carrying everything on your back, every ounce counts. Every day was different and yet the same. You got up in the morning and you had one job to get to your destination by nightfall. What a luxury to have no other responsibilities than that. And so there was time, time to be with yourself, time to be alone with God. 
And nobody thought it was weird if you stopped in at every church along the way or at none. Of the whole pilgrimage, there was one realization that I had that turned out to be more important than any other. And it was this. You already have everything you need. You already have everything you need. And this was true for practical items, clothing, first aid kit, reading and writing materials, and if you didn't have it, somebody would give it to you. This was true for practicalities, but it was also true spiritually. God has already given us everything we need for any eventuality. But how does this relate to our readings? St. Paul doesn't seem to think he has what he needs. I do not do what I want, but the very thing I hate. And Jesus knows that most people are weary and carrying heavy burdens. They complain about John the Baptist because he had a weird diet. And they complained about Jesus because he was a glutton and a drunkard. And then Jesus says those very famous words, Come unto me, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That is, if we turn our lives over to the care of Jesus, our problems will be shared with one who can transform them. However, if you scratch the surface of this text, it becomes even more interesting. Turns out, Jesus is not just talking about himself, but about holy wisdom, the word and wisdom of God, which he embodies. And we know this because his words are basically an extended quote from Proverbs in the book of Ecclesiasticus. Listen to this. Draw near, near to me, you who are uneducated, and lodge in the house of instruction. Why do you say you are lacking in these things, and why do you endure such great thirst? I opened my mouth and said, Acquire wisdom for yourselves without money. Put your neck under her yoke, and let your souls receive instruction. It is to be found close by. That's Ecclesiasticus. Or how about this? Wisdom has built her a house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her animals. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servant girls. She calls from the highest places in the town. You that are simple, turn in here. To those without sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live and walk in the way of insight. That's from Proverbs. So now, Jesus' table fellowship with sinners and tax collectors takes on kind of a different life, where eating with Jesus is not just a tasting menu, but a sign of the reign of God. Eat with Jesus, and you will be transformed. Sit down at that table, and your life will never be the same. So in this passage, wisdom is not a body of knowledge to be acquired and trotted out to keep us from straying, but a person whose nature is revealed by his actions, who will sit down with anybody and meet them where they live. 
Sitting down at this table has nothing to do with how smart you are or how much knowledge you've acquired, which, if you look at how he chose his disciples, makes sense. The ease he offers isn't just a simple acceptance of where we are without commitment, but the genuine, deeper ease of knowing the truth and doing it, which by most measures can be pretty hard. How can it be hard and easy at the same time? St. Augustine in the fourth century put it this way, whatever is hard among the commandments, love makes easy. Wisdom offers a seat at her hospitable table where the little ones outrank the wise and those with heavy burdens are honored guests. Jesus' ministry was conducted under the yoke of occupation and those who followed him were struggling under the burdens of economic stress and political oppression. So Jesus' words and wisdom's call offer a vision of life where everybody is valued and where all needs are met. That doesn't happen without costly change, including for the privileged, because when you get right down to it, nobody wants to give up privilege. So Wisdom's Banquet is no fancy restaurant, but more like a soup kitchen or a ragtag potluck of the unlikely redeemed. Jesus himself personifies wisdom, by the way, feminine in both Hebrew and Greek. But that wisdom and grace makes demands, as in the Sermon on the Mount. And that loving grace is the easy burden and the light yoke he's talking about. What would it be like to live under that yoke? To unlearn to judge others? To let go and love that person who annoys you so much? to love that estranged relative or friend. Oh, here's one. To love that politician who you not only disagree with, but who advocates policies that hurt those you already love. Jesus does not ask us to be foolish or to accept injustice, but he's inviting us to love. And while he meets us where we are and accepts us, he doesn't let us stay that way. To encounter Jesus is to be transformed, and love and acceptance, those are just the starting point. Every encounter with Jesus in Scripture involves somebody being transformed, and it's almost always one-on-one. -on -one. That's what he does. And once we understand ourselves to be beloved, then we have everything we need to do the same, to love others, even as we've been loved. So I want to close with something from Stephen Charleston that applies to the texts, and I think it applies to this community and also to our hearts. I throw open the doors, he says, to this community, crying sanctuary to anyone who will hear my call to any who will enter, sanctuary from the chaos that seems to surround us, a haven of peace and acceptance, a place to shelter, 
to begin again, to reconcile and renew for the work yet to come. Sanctuary in this holy house, sanctuary for the weary and wounded, sanctuary to restore the strength of hope in us all. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's episode on An Episcopal Sermon Podcast. May this episode inspire you to apply lessons from these teachings to your everyday life. If you found inspiration in this episode, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast through the channel of your choice and spread the word. If you would like to see the full service from which today's sermon was drawn, visit our YouTube channel linked in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to donate any amount to our listeners' support on Anchor or visit the donation page on our website, www.churchinalmaden.org slash donations.